welcome to the Talking Research in Children's Social Care podcast, bringing you the latest on evidence-based practice to improve outcomes for children, young people and families. In each episode, we'll be discussing new research and what this means for practitioners and the families they work with. We'll be hearing from researchers, participants, senior leaders and social workers. If you'd like to get involved, please get in touch. The details are in the show notes. Hello, I'm Nimal Jude, Head of Practice Development at What Works for Children's Social Care. We're an independent charity whose mission is to improve outcomes for children and families with a social worker. We're doing this by creating and collating better evidence to understand what interventions work, for whom and under what circumstances. And I'm also a registered social worker. In this episode, we'll be discussing the recent pilot evaluation of Family Valued, which was undertaken as part of the Department for Education's Strengthening Families Protecting Children's Programme. Family Valued was originally developed by Leeds City Council as part of the Children's Social Care Innovation Programme, and we ran our pilot in Darlington. The initiative is a whole systems approach to children's safeguarding that involves training in restorative practice and establishing or expanding family group conference services in the local authority. It also entails carrying out a review of all existing local systems and then commissioning new restorative services to address any gaps in provision. Today, I'm joined by my colleague and co-author of the report, Hannah Collier. Hi, Hannah. Hi, Namal. Can you tell us a little bit about your role and um, your involvement before we delve into um, the pilot findings? Sure. So I'm a senior qualitative researcher at What Works for Children's Social Care, and I led on the pilot evaluation of family values as part of SFPC. Great. So family valued. Hannah, can you tell us a little bit about the intervention? Yes. So some of the key things that you already mentioned. um, So one of those in family valued is restorative practice and This is quite a well-known model, but it's one where decision-making and problem-solving is done collaboratively. So working with families rather than doing things to them or for them, really thinking about their strengths and building those relationships to promote shared accountability. Um, And then family group conferences, also another element that you mentioned, that's um, a decision-making meeting where the child's wider network are brought together to make a plan about the future arrangements for the child that addresses the concerns that professionals have. And then there's also uh, an element of family value that involves a review of the local services and systems and structures to think about making sure that they optimise relationships and restorative practice. Am I right, Hannah, that this model is a little bit different from the others, isn't it? Is it a bit more bespoke in every area or That's right. So the last element that I spoke about will look really different in each area. So it might involve setting up locality teams so that social workers work closely with partner agencies that are really locally based to them. Or it might involve restructures to the front door to kind of increase relationships there or thinking about bringing in extra support in areas that there might be gaps at the moment in those local authorities and commissioning those services in a restorative way and examples in in Leeds were the increase in their domestic abuse support offer and in Darlington was thinking about the edge of care service. 
So, yeah, going back to what I sort of said in my intro is that, you know, looking at the whole system and seeing where the areas are that need like the most attention, if you like, and then focusing on that. That's really interesting and kind of to be flexible, um, but also be kind of true to the model in doing so. So what did we learn from this particular pilot evaluation? So the pilot in Darlington, um, the local name for family valued used in Darlington was actually strengthening families and they didn't use the family valued name there. Um, So as well as the training that we've already covered in restorative practice that's provided by the model developers, Darlington had uh, some specialist roles that provided additional internal training and these were called their relational and restorative advanced practitioners. So they delivered bespoke bite-sized training sessions to staff uh, and helped staff with any issues that they were uh, they were finding with learning and developing in their restorative practice. In terms of their family group conference service, they increased from two to six FGC facilitators and also recruited uh, an advanced practitioner role to lead that team. And that meant that they were able to offer more family group conferences and also open those up to more referring teams. Mm -hmm. So staff from Early Help began to be able to refer to family group conference as well. And that sort of bespoke reform that we spoke about included that edge of care service uh, and increasing the offer there for families and also the changes to their front door to reduce changes in social workers so families had more consistent relationships. There were I suppose a few things as well within Darlington that we noticed that rolling out a model like family valued is takes a really long time it's such a big model that reaches into every aspect of children's social care offer so it takes a long time for it to become fully operational and obviously the the COVID-19 pandemic Mm -hmm. was was another factor there but it is a big model anyway Um, and there were elements of the model that they had to sort of that were not appropriate for Darlington so this again comes into that sort of local tailoring Uh, whereas Leeds is a a larger area and they have the locality-based teams in Darlington it's a very small city and so locality-based working didn't make sense the the services are all close together anyway so they didn't adopt that element that was key to the model in Leeds. Yeah I mean that makes sense in terms of kind of the size of kind of different local authorities. So what did we learn? um, What went well in Darlington? We saw lots of things that went well in Darlington. The training was really well attended and that included through partners across health and police and education, which is a really important part of the family valued approach is really reaching out to partners and building those relationships and that understanding of the restorative approach. And although they were working virtually for uh, family group conferences for a, a lot of that period that we were observing them for their format of running the family group conferences was still able to be delivered as expected even though they were doing it in quite a different way due to the pandemic so they still had lots of the key elements in there that we would have looked out for in terms of how those sessions were prepared for and and how they ran Um, and staff were generally positive they felt prepared by the support that they received and the training in terms of the family valued approach Uh, there was also sort of generally stability in the workforce and we'll talk a little bit about some sort of short-term instability later on in our our conversation cases were mostly manageable and relationships with partner agencies were generally good as well Mm, that's come up again isn't it that kind of staff feeling kind of prepared and supported by the information and training and support and stuff that's come up 
um, in most of the pilot evaluations. So it's really good to see that uh, staff reported that here. And so what about, what did we learn about how family valued works with families to protect children? So one of the key elements uh, that we observed was the importance of building relationships with families and gaining families' trust and their engagement. And that was a really central part of being able to work in the restorative way and deliver this model. From staff's perspective, this really helped overcome, in some cases, previous negative experiences that families might have, have had with children's social care. And the way that staff were working, they reported that they were using clearer, more relational language, working with families, as I've said, and enabling families to take more ownership of their plans uh, and being more strengths based as well in the work that they were doing. And, and to support that work with families and the other key element we noticed was having that restorative and relational organisational culture. So being... Um, supported by your managers and here having kind of consistent messaging and also modeling a restorative practice so the way that management and leadership worked with staff being restorative as well as staff working with with families in that way and having those kind of relational and restorative advanced practitioners was a really key element of that um, the staff also mentioned that they benefited from the support and challenge from their colleagues in their day-to-day practice in peer support and group supervision and having sort of relational uh, referral processes at the front door and into the family group conference service were also uh, really important parts of that too. It's really significant that what you said about, you know, families actually reporting a difference in terms of language and, and how the services felt. I mean, that's what we want, isn't it? So it was really, it's really great to have the opportunity to get that feedback from families in that way. And I completely kind of get the whole, uh, you know, the kind of systemic nature of it that, you know, not only do we work like this with our families but also with each other and that kind of those restorative principles and it sounds like that you know that has also kind of come through in this pilot evaluation so how about challenges what were some of the challenges we mentioned covid and that was a really big factor during the rollout of family valued as it was in all three of our pilots so in in darlington there were some delays to some of the trainings and that a lot of that had to then be held virtually, as did meetings such as FGCs, as I've already mentioned. And some staff said that working remotely did make working restoratively harder. It makes sense when it's all about relationships and remote working being something that was quite new in those very early stages for people. Uh, but there were also benefits of remote working that were mentioned. So, for example, in family group conferences, you were able to get attendance from family members who lived much further away, but provided that family support nevertheless Um, and also young people being kind of used to and familiar with communicating via technology and sometimes even preferring it. Uh, Another big thing I've said I've already mentioned how uh, how much time it takes to embed such a big model like family valued and they were delivering a lot of change in a really short time frame so there was a sense that it was still a journey and that there was more work to be done to really embed that culture and that understanding and that sort of use day-to-day use of the restorative approach particularly in um sort of assessment and safeguarding teams where it was a really big culture change thinking of how you work uh, to safeguard children and think about child protection and communicate risk to families but also working in a restorative way is it i mean just talking about the kind of family group conferences 
We've heard a lot in terms of COVID and what you've just mentioned there, that there are kind of pros and cons to working remotely or hybrid working. And, and it would be really interesting for people to think about who are thinking of um, adopting the model about, you know, how you might make that business as usual. So this kind of incidental kind of thing that happened has kind of given us a different way of looking at things and you know yes we know that kind of relational work and working together with people in person is really valuable but the accessibility that covid kind of forced us into is something that might kind of stick around did we get any um any resistance from people who maybe have had kind of bad experiences from family group conferences or negative experiences about you know whether it does or doesn't work was anything like that that came out yeah, that was something that we saw. So it was, I suppose, a, a bit of a surprise in a way because family group conferences is often spoken about very positively by practitioners. Uh, but there were some staff who took longer to really get on board with the restorative approach and with using the family group conference service and those changes that were coming into place because understanding that there had been improvements in the service, they had maybe had negative experiences before with long waiting lists for family group mm. conference. There were also some staff who thought that as the lead professional, the most relational thing should be that they ought to be convening the family and working with them and building that relationship. So kind of getting on board with the idea that it would be an independent professional who would do that through the family group conference service was, again, something some people weren't so sure about. Um, although, as I said, lots of people were really positive about it. So, you know, it was a, it was a minority who had these kinds of concerns. But there, there was a lot of work done really to build those relationships, a lot of promotional work by the Family Group Conference Service to get to know the social work teams and really promote what they could do and, and what they could offer. And I think over time, as staff experienced positively how that service was working, the, the sort of hearts and minds were starting to be one. Mm, I can completely understand that issue, but also the importance of that neutrality of that Family Group Conference facilitator and you know, how powerful that can be. I just want to take you back a little bit to what you said about, you know, lots of change in a, in a short space of time. And you know, it was a big culture change, you know, how organisations worked and talked to each other and then how, how social workers worked and communicated with families. Are there any sort of tips about, you know, how we might kind of think about how they address this or how future sites might think about kind of addressing, you know, that issue of, of a lot of change in a short space of time and a lots of things to needing to be communicated with families? Yeah, I think that the, the restorative culture that I mentioned is such a key part of that, really having that support around the social worker so that they can they can sort of step into that big culture change that they can hold that risk and be supported through things like reflective supervision um, having group supervision with their peers taking part in solution circles and formulation which are, are other sort of tools that are used within the sites that uh, within the model that helps to think about a case and think about the risk and think about the the actions being taken in that more deliberative way mm-hmm I mean, we've talked throughout really um, about, you know, some recommendations or some kind of tips and ideas for people who might be wanting to um, adopt the model. But are there any sorts of specific recommendations that we haven't mentioned from the pilot evaluation that, that would be of value for people who are, you know, just about ready or interested to adopt the model? 
So I think they really build on what we've, what we've already spoken about. But I think really having those local roles to support the training and the rollout is really important, as were those restorative referral processes, just having that whole system working in that restorative way. Another one that we, we haven't mentioned, but come, come up in this model as well as the other models for SFPC was that integration of family valued alongside whatever existing practice model is in place and making sure that that messaging is really clear to staff uh, from the outset of which bits they're supposed to use and how they fit together and, and when. And just thinking about sort of planning ahead for some of those things like the potential turnover and changes in workloads and making sure that those issues are sort of addressed at the outset. That's a really key point about in integration with other models. And I suppose what I was thinking is, you know, how how sites and for people listening are thinking about how you involve your staff in planning how the models do kind of sit alongside each other and what works. You know, the people who are actually, you know, meeting families and out there and, and, and involving them to, to to help with that navigation, I suppose, and to have those kind of conversations. It's so valuable to have uh, kind of a complete slice of the organization involved so everyone's looking at it from uh you know their kind of line of sight I suppose mm. yeah um so what's next for family valued so similarly to what we're doing with family safeguarding and no wrong door we have our impact evaluation coming up and that's well it's ongoing in uh, Warwickshire Newcastle Coventry Sefton and Solihull and this is looking at the impact of family values over time on the likelihood of children being looked after, as well as a number of the things that relate to child protection and child in need plans, kinship care, reunification and school absence rates. Uh, and alongside that, we'll be looking to understand how the model is being delivered in those areas as well. And just seeing over time the, the differences in family valued in, uh, in different areas. Mm-hmm. Great. Well, thank you um, very much, Hannah, for all your insight into that pilot evaluation. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Talking Research in Children's Social Care podcast. If you have any thoughts or comments on today's topic or ideas for future episodes, please do get in touch by email. For more information about us, our research and to sign up for our newsletter, visit our website. You can also find us on Twitter and all the details are in the show notes.